This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and you tune in to Bar None. This week on the program, our monthly series called That's a Sport, where we explore lesser known sports. This week on the show, a unique team sport called Coughball, which features a blend of strategy and cooperation. Coughball originated in the Netherlands in the early 20th century and has been described as a mix of basketball, netball and handball and has since spread its appeal to various corners of the globe, attracting players of all ages and backgrounds. Now, what sets Coughball apart from many other team sports is its commitment to gender equality, one of the few sports that while intended to promote physical education, it's one that allows both men and women to participate on equal terms. This fundamental principle not only highlights the sport's inclusivity, but also adds an intriguing layer of strategic complexity to the game. International competitions were organised with the IKF, the International Coughball Federation, founded in 1933 to oversee the sport's global development. It's been a demonstration sport at the Olympic Games long, long time ago, but has not yet made the step up to full Olympic status, although Coughball is a IOC-recognised sport. Soon enough, Coughball began to reach far beyond its origins in Europe, with teams and organisations emerging in Asia, the Americas and Oceania. The Malaysian Coughball Association, or MKA, have been established for a couple of years now, growing the game in the ASEAN region. This week on the show, we're joined by Lim Hyu Kee, the Secretary General of the Malaysian Coughball Association. This sport was invented by a Dutch school teacher. Uh, his name is Nico Brokenshan. Hmm. Uh, he invented this sport in 1902. So cough is actually a Dutch word which means basket. And this sport is specifically designed for boys and girls to play together in school. Mm. And then the objective of cough ball is to throw the ball into the cough, which is the basket we are talking about here. Mm -hmm. And then it is 3.5 meter high. So it's a combination, a little bit of combination of netball, basketball, and a bit of handball also, right? As a point of uh, reference, we, we usually will mention cough ball is similar to basketball, mm. except you cannot dribble. Understand. And cobball is also very dynamic and fast-paced, the same like basketball. And then it is, uh, of course, the basket, you don't have the board, so it is 360 degrees attacking mm. the, the, the cough. Mm. And before we get a little uh, more into the details, uh, tell us a little bit about the growth of cobball in Malaysia and what you've observed over the last couple of years. Okay, we... Our association registered with the Ministry of Youth and Sports in 2020, mm. right before the pandemic, actually. So um, we, and, in, and then during the first CMCO, which is year 2021, when the government allowed sports, the Ministry of Youth and Sport included Convoy as one of the activities in the Harisuka Nagara. Mm. It is a very special experience where we, we, we have to stay in a designated area we cannot, we are, and then all of us have to wear the mask. And that is really a unique experience for me. Mm. And then I do remember that time we need to check our Meister Jatara, and then we have to log in, and then we have to stay in the designated area to play cockball. Mm. And then we didn't see each other for like how many months, or uh, and then we get to see each other in such a unique place. Mm. And then we play cockball together on the street, and then, um, so. Since then, Cove Boy is being played in uh, Harisukan every year, mm. including the upcoming one, 
which is next month, 14th of October. Mm, that's great. That's great. Uh, yourself personally, Ki, how did you get involved in sport? How did you hear about corpo in the first place? Um, myself, I'm actually from uh, more to basketball background. Okay. Okay, so I think most of our players, they are basketball players as well. Uh, like I mentioned, korfball is very similar to basketball. So myself, is a, I'm already at my 40s, so I don't play korfball. I never play. But <laughs> I, of course, I also play for fun because korfball is very easy to uh, learn. Mm. And then for, for recreational purpose, it's mm. very easy. It's very fun to play as well. Mm. So um, definitely our president, she was my basketball coach when I was in the primary school. I see. So like uh, ages ago. Mm. And then um, she uh, asked me if I'm interested to help her to develop korfball in Malaysia together. That's how I get into korfball. Mm. And korfball, I guess one of the very, very unique aspects about the game is it's praised, often praised for its unique gender-inclusive nature, right? Teams are made up of four men and four women. Um, tell us a little bit, you know, how has this approach to the game impacted uh, both the sporting culture and what, what are the benefits that uh, this kind of rules uh, have on the game? Yeah, um, being a mixed-gender sport is a unique selling point for Kofo. Yeah. So when, when you play uh, on the court, you are not allowed to defend uh, opposite gender. Mm. Right. So every player is uh, very important and they are committed to the game 100% because you cannot dribble, there's no solo play and every goal, it requires full team cooperation. Mm. And when we talk about uh, the mixed gender part and because we have to, because this, but this game is specifically designed for boys and girls to play together mm. and so minimum body contact is allowed. Understand. Of course, to keep the game more dynamic, so, of course, there will be some body contact. We are not talking about zero body contact because this is a ball game. Mm. Yeah, so that's one point is that tackling, blocking are not allowed. So, especially when we have to protect the female players as well. Mm. So, um, there's a one unique um, point for curveball is when the player is is under defensive position when we call you are defended the defender is right in front of you within an arm length position you are not allowed to take a shot I see I see so so the both teams the roles kind of reverse so our team is attacking another is defending and then after that they switch is it? yeah um, they are attack zone and defend zone I see so when two goals have been scored then the teams change zones mm. so the attackers become uh, defenders and then vice versa mm. uh, you were talking just now about you know how um, you know only women can mark women and men similarly only can mark men so in a way does, does this affect um, strategy when it comes to korfball yeah of course the, the the strategy play very important when we we will we will use the female and male to uh, position our strategy like when you switch the player because like basketball you can go to screen that player so Correct. that uh, the, the the person who have the ball gets a free space Correct. but for the court ball you need to use female and male's position when they switch the male cannot defend the female then the female player will get the free space to score i see i see um other than that, you know, what are some of the uh, other unique features or elements in korfball that makes it stand out from, you know, other team sport like basketball or netball? 
Oh, I will say that it's a very flexible uh, spot because the pole itself is portable. Okay. You can bring it to everywhere. Mm. So we actually also have it like when we have street ball, like of course basketball also has street ball, but um, we have beach golf ball mm. where the golf ball can be played on the beach. And um, yeah, because you in on the beach is the sand, so you cannot dribble, of course. Mm. So you will do a lot of passing and then you will play uh, on the beach. So in a way, playing on the beach encourages even more teamwork, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, for Because when you cannot dribble, you need to rely on your your, your partner to yeah. pass the ball to, to get a free space to score. Mm. So so it's uh, when when it comes to beach golf ball, it's more dynamic and fast-paced. Mm. How about in uh, competitive, you know, what's the type of surfaces that are more common uh, during competitive play? Um, currently in Malaysia, uh, we will play on the in the stadium. Okay. The size is about the indoor FIFA futsal, uh, futsal court size. Mm, mm. So very big. It allows you to run. So it's actually very tiring as well. Mm. But it's a very challenging game because you, 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 you will... Do a lot of mispass if you miscommunicate with your play with your partners. Mm, mm. And in terms of like you know the the length, you know what are the specific rules? You know, for, uh, is there two halves that, that sort of thing? How how many minutes per half? Uh, usually it's uh four four period. Each period is uh, ten minutes, ten similar minutes. like basketball. Yes. Oh, okay, so forty minutes in total. Yes. Ah, and you know, uh, eight teams. Typically, are there substitutes as well? Yeah, when you go to the court. Attack zone, there will be two female and two male. Okay. Then the defense zone, also two female and two male. Mm. So the rest will uh, be on the bench. Mm. So in your opinion, right, you've been, you know, um, building the sport of korfball in Malaysia for quite a while now. What are some of the key skills and attributes that makes a good korfball player? Uh, do, do you have to be good at basketball or netball to be a good korfball player? Uh, not really, because sometimes when they have uh, the basketball backgrounds, it helps, but also will put them into very uh, difficult position where they will be a little bit uh, too harsh in defending. I so see. they will get a lot of foul. Mm. Because compared to basketball, this the ball, the body contact is control and minimum. Mm. So if, if you, so for, for instance, when you wanted to rebound, for basketball player, they will go to do box out and then they will try to push the opponent out from their, the zone. Yeah. But for football, you are not allowed to push someone out. If someone already taken that position, you can only, only stand right next to the player. Mm. So mm. so I will say to be a footballer, you need to be really smart and then you have to be a team player mm. because, you, if you, because solo play is impossible. So you have to work with your team. Mm. Uh, this is a sport that you know has been around like you said since 1902 uh, yes. more than 100 years ago um, and you know it's a sport being played around the world plenty of associations around the around the globe which countries would you say are you get, I guess the ones to beat who are the world champions in, in that sense yeah, like I mentioned um, Kofor is invented in the Netherlands Netherlands yeah. So, uh, so yeah so they are the, the champions so far mm. and then uh, possible un- unbeaten so far mm. and then those can challenge his position will be Belgium okay. and then also Chinese Taipei oh. yeah like, because when you see hear, hear the name Chinese Taipei that's mean Asian Asian teams get to be in the top three mm. in the world mm. uh, and this is because of the special features of golf ball when the minimum contact body contact is allowed mm. so so when 
uh, when you are short, you still get to play golf ball. As mm. long as you are smart, you are quick, and then you get to have a uh, you have uh, team cooperations. You go to an empty spot, so you get to score. Mm. How about where 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 does, where does Malaysia rank uh, among the region? Okay, um, because we we are more focused, because our players are more uh, are younger. Mm-hmm. So the adult teams maybe our rank is not that good. But back uh, in last month in the uh, under twenty one Asia Oceania Corpball Championships, mm. our Malaysia teams. Uh, won the second place. Mm, first runner up. First runner up, yes, yeah, second place. Yeah. And then, yeah, next to Chinese Taipei. That's great. <laughs> that is a great standing to have. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about the event and, you know, how did the, how was the experience planning the competition? How did it go? Yeah, uh, That's our first international tournament organized by our associations in Malaysia. Yep. And then we are happy to have um, 10 teams coming to Malaysia, including Malaysia, of course. So, nine teams coming to Malaysia, mm. and then including uh, Australia, New Zealand, China, all the big names you can tell. Mm. And then the most happy part is that um, Malaysia beats uh, China, New Zealand, and then reached the second place. Wow. And the fun part about uh, organizing this uh, event is that we need to have the food that actually cater for um, Caucasian taste buds and also Indians and Chi- and Chinese. So we have we, even Japanese. So uh, that's one of the uh, tricky part because yeah. because when we, we try not to have spicy food, but you will surprise that when they are here, they will say that, oh, we know that Malaysia food, like nasi lemak, it's like, can we have nasi lemak? You and want to try. Have, <laughs> you will be surprised because we thought that, oh, the, 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 the foreigners, they may not, uh, take spicy food. So we, eat, when we create the menu, we we take out all the spicy food. But surprisingly, they they wanted to try Malaysian food, <laughs> and then um, a lot of them they came to Malaysia for the first time, including all the officials. And then, so before they came to Malaysia, they they told us that they are very exciting, and besides being hot in Malaysia, is there anything else they need to uh, be prepared for? I said no, just very hot, right. and. And then when they are here, they are really they are they enjoy our food. And then during the uh, off games uh, time, they went for sightseeing. So yeah, food is definitely one of the hardest uh, thing to plan, right? Especially when you have people from all different cultures coming to the country. But on the game itself, on the competition, you know, um, what did you observe about? I guess the different cultures, the different countries, how they treat uh, the sport of cuffball. Um, all of them actually see cuffball. Uh, very seriously mm. and then it's a, this is an international level tournament mm. so um, we, we they train really hard for for the game and then uh, during warm up and then uh, the break time they also take the take the time to train mm. but of course they also take the break time to for sightseeing in Asia. <laughs> of course um Talking a bit about how uh, you guys, uh, we chose our national team. Uh, take me through that process, you know. Um, how, how did you find the best players to play for Malaysia at this tournament? Okay. Um, like I mentioned, um, we are from basketball background. So uh, most of our players from basketball. But we are developing the grassroots uh, in primary schools and secondary schools. That's good. So we have some pure cuffballers coming up. Nice. Mm. Yep. So um, we hope that um, we will we will attract some universities 
in the future. Mm. Talking about korfball on the international stage, uh, it was a demonstration sport at the Olympics uh, in 1920 and also 1928. Long, long time ago. I Obviously, you would love to see korfball back at the Olympics. But in your opinion, what does the sport have to do to gain that status again? Um, we are actually working hard. Uh, every country, we sign a memorandum together okay. with all the Kofball federation, national federations mm. that we will strive to develop Kofball in our own countries. Mm. So um, besides that, uh, it, for ASEAN itself, we are working really close with Thailand, Singapore, Indonesia and Philippines. So we wanted to show uh, Kofball in SEA Games as well. SEA Games first, yeah. Mm. Yes. And mm. then from there, and then we are working hard to maybe make, make it into a Commonwealth game. And then for Olympic Games, of course, that will be our dream. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, talking a bit about the work the association does, uh, you guys have been you know, working hard, spreading ball at the grassroots, like you say, you know, in primary schools, working to get it in universities and stuff like that. What are some of the challenges for the development of the sport, especially in a region like ASEAN, where you know, it's not really that popular? Um, the the most difficult part may be the equipment okay. because our equipments are important and um, so it may be quite costly compared to some other sports. Maybe they only need to have a ball or maybe a, a, a basket just, just to start off. But mm. for us, we need to have the cough itself as costly. And then, um, of course, we are, we are trying to manufacture in Malaysia. Mm. Um, Thailand already have their own uh, pole manufacturer in Thailand. Okay. So we, we, will, we will work that out as well. Mm. So equipment and funding, I guess, is, is, is the major challenges. Yeah, because of, uh, because of uh, Kofball, like you mentioned, it's not very popular. Mm. So it may take us some time to convince the parents to let the, the kids to try Kofball. And, and because they are very busy these days, the kids, they have tuitions and then they play pianos and they play different kinds of sports. They go swimming. So for them, their timetable is like really packed. Mm. So for them to squeeze a corporate activities into their schedule, it, it must be very convincing to them. But of course, uh, most of them, when they started playing, is because it's, it's fun. Yeah. And then after that, they will find it like uh, really uh, fulfillment and enjoyable as well. Do, do you find it hard to convince uh, the kids? Are they open to trying out a new game like this? We, we realise that for kids, they are actually open for everything mm. as long as it's fun and then they get to play with their friends. Mm. So for convincing the kids are easy, but the parents mm. are, are the difficult uh, part that we need to convince them. Mm. But of course, thanks to the recognition from the Ministry of Youth and Sports and and from there, the parents also recognize Kofball as a and so-called official sports in Malaysia. That's great. So it mm. helps us to develop. For someone that's listening to this and really wants to try Kofball, uh, what advice or tips would you give them to get started? They can um, check out our social media, our Facebook and Instagram. Um, so far, we always have some activities that open to public for them to join. And then because we don't have like Kofball courts everywhere in Malaysia, yeah. but we will have these activities ongoing uh, in, in Malaysia. Of course, now we are more focusing in, in Kuala Lumpur and Selangor region, but we hope that we will get to develop uh, further out from this Klang Valley. And they, they when they join this uh, type of carnival play activities, mm. they can play and learn at the same time. Mm. And where usually do you have this uh, public training uh, sessions? 
we are we are more on club based in, in terms of uh corporate training okay so if those who are really interested to get into elite they can engage uh, our clubs so they can train with our our club members mm. lastly uh, key uh, what are your hopes for not just the future of the Malaysian Corporate Association but on this the corporate scene in Malaysia uh, we really hope that we get to inspire more Malaysians to play and learn the corporate way and um, we also wanted to showcase and promote corporate games across all levels and next year mm. we will be organizing another international events which is under 19 and under 16 Asia corporate games nice. in Kuala Lumpur mm. and in fact we also uh, participated in championships in overseas already mm. that's why we get the second place in the uh, under 21 Asia Oceania corporate championship because we gain the experience from competing in european countries That was Lim Hyu Kee, the Secretary General of the Malaysian Corpball Association. As this week, we've been exploring Corpball on our monthly series called That's a Sport. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit the interview again, you can head over to our website www.bfm.my forward slash barnan. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong and this has been Barnan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.